Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Wednesday, March 8th, I know it's late, but I'm still wishing you the happiest of national proof reading days. Although I know that you may be listening to this podcast on Thursday, March 9th. I'm not giving you a bonus holiday. You asked for too much already, so it's not happening. On today's show, welcome to another review in which we talk about a game that Ohio State has won. This one, the first round of the Big Ten Tournament, Ohio State defeats Wisconsin. We're going to talk about that game. I'll tell the story of it. Talk about some post-game thoughts from Sean McNeil and Chris Holtman. And then we'll wrap up this show previewing Ohio State's next matchup against Iowa, which comes in about 15, 14 hours from when I am recording this podcast. As I said on the previous show, Ohio State men's basketball has the potential to keep me busier than I have ever ever been before so since we are busy let's quickly get into this podcast and cover as much ground as we can thank you for being here i hope that you will subscribe if you haven't already and follow if that is also something that you need to do you can find us on twitter as always at the shop pod i'm not here just pushing a podcast I'm also putting out hopefully high-quality content, giving some thoughts as the game goes on, and of course releasing some pretty clean-looking or crisp-looking, I've been told before, graphics for final score updates. Ohio State defeats Wisconsin on Wednesday evening. Ohio State winning 65-57 to over Wisconsin. Have the Buckeyes knocked off out Wisconsin from the NCAA tournament we'll have to wait and see until Sunday my bet is yes although a lot of bracketologists those who study the science of brackets would disagree with me I'm not sure how you can put Wisconsin into the the NCAA tournament at this point but that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about Ohio State beating Wisconsin I'll start by saying this I'm conflicted If you watched this game, which you probably did, you saw the Buckeyes jump out to a lead as high as 24 points. I believe it was in this one, at least over 20. And then you saw that that lead dwindle and drip away and go all the way down to four points with about a minute remaining. A tale of two halves. For sure, in this one, we start with Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Justice Suing, Bryce Sensenball, and Felix Akpara getting the start in this one. Now, something that was interesting mentioned on the broadcast, Wisconsin's head coach, Greg Gard, he said he thought whether or not Wisconsin win this game doesn't matter. They're in the tournament. Didn't seem to have too much of a sense of urgency going into this game, and it showed. Ohio State... From the very start, from the tip, gets off to a very hot start. They go 4 of 6 from the field while Wisconsin goes 2 of 7. Ohio State leads 9 to 4 within the first few minutes. And the Buckeyes just shoot the ball well. Sean McNeil hits a 3. 
very quickly after the first media timeout. But something worth noting is as Ohio State gets out to this lead, Ice likely picks up two very, very quick fouls within a couple of seconds of one another. And as you know, with no Zed Key, you cannot afford to lose more depth there. It's funny, you call Ice likely, who was recruited as a point guard or transferred in as a point guard, can't afford to lose him down at the five, right? Well, that's the state of the Buckeye basketball program right now. Can't afford to lose any of that depth. Would not end up really being any kind of a storyline, at least in the first half. I mentioned Sean McNeil. He would hit a three early on this one. He played great to start this game. Three from three for three from the field. Nice passing. Played some strong defense as well. Leave it to Robbie Hummel to commend Sean McNeil on playing with strong fundamentals. I'm sure that during the commercial break, after Robbie Hummel said that, he continued his conversation referring to Sean McNeil as your classic lunch pail guy, the first one in, last one out type, gym rat, all of those types of metaphors. I'm sure Robbie Hummel described Sean McNeil in that way. Now, halfway through the first half, Ohio State is up 20-10. to 10, And what you're seeing now is consistency from Ohio State. They're consistently knocking down shots while also consistently watching Wisconsin clank and clank and clank. Wisconsin went on a stretch of five minutes without a field goal. Not to be outdone, Ohio State would score or go even longer than that without a field goal in the second half. But we'll get there in a second. One of the major takeaways that you can take from this game is Ohio State now in five games in a row has shown some life and some consistency being able to score on the offensive end, dating all the way back to the game against Penn State when, again, Ohio State did not win that game. We started to see signs of life offensively, and it's now continued into the Big Ten tournament. Now, at this point, 20-10, to 10, you may be wondering, or maybe it's just me, where the heck is Bryce Senzenball? The player who's supposed to be the best scorer for Ohio State, not seeing a lot of playing time. But as I was typing that out and thinking about Bryce Sensenball, he banks in a shot from the left block. Did I want to see more from him to close the half? For sure. But guess what? It didn't matter because Sean McNeil apparently decided just to do it all. He would go out there and be perfect from the field in the first half. Bruce Thornton, in his own right, plays very well as well. He gets to 10 points with over six minutes left in the first half on pace to go for 25, 28-ish. I didn't do the math, but very successful scoring from Bruce Thornton. Bruce Thornton, by the way, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. You remember the days of Aaron Kraft or the days of, I guess, Mike Conley Jr., a one-and-done player, but you look back at Jamar Butler. How about Jamar Butler? Players who were at Ohio State for multiple years and you look back and you reminisce and you watch highlights of those guys and you're like, man, I miss him. I really miss watching him play in Ohio State uniform. I will tell you right now, you're going to think about that with Bruce Thornton. So soak it all in right now and be very, very happy that you are one of 
I won't say few, but one of a, a smaller section of Ohio State basketball fans where if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're probably a huge fan of Ohio State basketball. Kind of the only way you can find this podcast at this point. Help others find it, please. But you're going to look back at Bruce Thornton and you're going to look back at his freshman year and be like, man, I, I didn't know what I was getting into with this guy, but he has been fun to watch. You are going to fondly remember Bruce Thornton by the time his career is over at Ohio State. So soak it in right now. Bruce Thornton, he hits a three right after getting to 10 points. And then Ohio State has doubled up Wisconsin at that point, 32 to 16. And at that point in the game, the Buckeyes were shooting 74.7% from the field. That's through 16 minutes. And they had made nine shots in a row. They go into halftime up 36 to 18 and just utter domination from Bruce Thornton. He scores 13. Sean McNeil scores 10. They combine for one miss in the first half. And you are thinking, oh boy, this game is going to be a blowout. And as you head into the second half, you have no reason to think otherwise. You start the the final 20 minutes of that game. The Buckeyes are poking balls free. They're hitting open shots there in the second half. And they go up 43 to 20 with over 16 minutes left. And Greg Gard says, hey, guys, I know I said I think we're firmly in the tournament. I'm not too worried about this game. But playing like this may be not the most ideal for us as we try to make it to the NCAA tournament. Oh, to be a fly on the wall and hear what Wisconsin's head coach had to say during that timeout with 16-17 left in the second half. You come out of halftime trying to make adjustments, and what happens? Ohio State just continues to pour it on. They go up, and they score seven of the first nine points in the second half. And then out of the timeout, Wisconsin misses its first shot. Bruce Thornton then gets loose. And he gets fouled, attempting a left-handed layup. He'll make both his free throws. Ohio State gets a stop on the other end. And then Bryce Sensabaugh makes a mid-range two. And the Buckeyes extend their lead yet again. Just crushing Wisconsin at this point. An incredible clinic put on by Ohio State in the first 25 to 30 minutes of this game. But then, the suspense comes in to play. Wisconsin makes its first three with 14 minutes left in the game. Wisconsin, a team that is traditionally known for having some shooters, they don't make their first three until 14 minutes left in the game. The Badgers, they start to get some calls going their way with some blocking fouls or some flops not being called and and things like that. And Ball's being tipped out of bounds and given to Wisconsin. Badgers start to feel some momentum. They're down 50-33, to which sounds like a lot, but a 27-point lead, according to my count, now shrinks to 17. And at that point, I'm wondering, what the heck happened to Sean McNeil? Uh, Coach Holtman, remember your guy who was perfect from the field? banged home three threes in the first half. Why hasn't he gotten a shot up in the second half? 
14 minutes left in the second half. He hasn't gotten a shot up yet. Well, I don't know if, if I communicated this to him telepathically or what, but right after that, offensive rebound, Sean McNeil gets the ball in the corner, and he hits a three. Then, very next possession, after getting a stop, Sean McNeil gets the ball, hits a layup. So, my my anger or frustration was surely quenched at that point. I was pleased, but it would not matter because Wisconsin's run would continue. Their 8-0 run would bring the game to 55-41 to with eight and a half minutes left to go. And at that point, Justice Suing has four fouls. Tyler Wall is warming up. He's got all eight points during that run. The Buckeyes were held scoreless for six minutes. And then Ohio State has a chance to maybe get some momentum. Tyler Wall, he's hot. And then he decides, I'm going to back down Felix Akpara. You know, the guy with the wingspan of a of a private plane. Not a, not a full, you know, 747. Not that I'm any kind of an airplane expert. But one of those smaller two-seater planes. You know what I'm talking about. I'm going to back him down. Well, happens once in Akpara. He swats that shot. He says, no, thank you. Tyler, please do not do that again. Tyler says, I'm going to do it again. I'm, I'm going to do it again. And this time, I'm going to really back you down, Felix. I'm going to put your butt right underneath the hoop, and I'm going to go up with a shot. And Felix says, I wouldn't. If I were you, I, I really wouldn't. Tyler, it's not worth all that. Tyler says, watch me. Felix sends the shot out of bounds, gets his second block, and you're like, okay, that's not working. We're cooling down Tyler Wall. Maybe we've got a shot to get some momentum back. Well, wouldn't really happen. Justice Suing finally breaks a very, very long scoreless drought for Ohio State. The Buckeyes go up 57-41, to and during this scoring drought, you may recall the score is 55 to 41. Buckeyes go up 57 to 41. All that means is Wisconsin never scored during this very long scoring drought for Ohio State after this 8-0 run. Wisconsin goes on. But then Wisconsin wakes up and they play a very, very tough game to close it out. They make two threes in a row. They get the margin down to eight with three minutes left. That's a part of a 19-2 run which gets the game down to five points. Then Ohio State turns the ball over before they can even get it past half court. And you're like, oh boy, we're really in trouble now. Now at this point, and I've said this before, it's nothing new. Number one, disclaimer, as always, if you're new to the pod, I am never going to be a a part of the fire Chris Holtman camp at any time in this season or any time this summer or any time next fall. It will be about this time next year where I can even consider that. That's me, a measured Ohio State follower. Sorry, that's just where I stand. And if you think I'm really, really wrong for that, then you can let me know. But I probably won't have any of it. And you won't be able to convince me otherwise. But my major critique of Chris Holtman is that this Buckeye team, whether it be this year or last year, the year before, they really, really, really struggle to close out games. If you heard that beep, 
That's a that's a shark watch. Not a sponsor of the show, but could be. Buckeyes not able to close games. They just they haven't been able to do it. I can go back to last year and the year before games that I recall against Maryland or or Rutgers or this year not really having the chance to close out a lot of games. I guess Maryland this year they had the lead at the half, whatever. But that's been a major downfall for Ohio State basketball. And at that point, that sinking feeling enters you. And you're like, we are in big trouble. Well, we know the end of the story, right? Ohio State wins. Sean McNeil would hit a couple of free throws to put Ohio State up by three possessions with a minute 20 left. Teams go back and down, and just a grueling finish to this game. Wisconsin defense is just wearing Ohio State down, playing very, very physically. Ohio State looked uncomfortable. It was tough to watch the end of this game. Wisconsin would at one point get it down to four points, a four-point margin with about a minute left. But Ohio State obviously goes on to win this game, and they cover the spread. Good teams win. Great teams cover. What do both teams do? They move on to day two of the Big Ten tournament, at least in this example. Some post-game thoughts. Sean McNeil, quote, we did panic a little, end quote. You don't say, Sean. You think you guys panicked just a little bit down the stretch there? I'd say so. I I mean, I was a little panicked sitting there on my couch. I would hope that you were feeling a little bit panicked, Sean. That doesn't mean that you should panic. But yeah, I'm happy that you've got the wherewithal to recognize that maybe we did panic a little bit, which we did. Very, very tough finish to this game. Chris Holtman said, quote, We've played the best we played all year in these past couple of weeks. Our young guys have emerged. You're seeing a guy like Bruce that's leading us in so many ways, end quote. Ohio State is playing the best basketball they have played all season. I said this before the Big Ten tournament started. Not only is Ohio State playing well, but this draw in this Big Ten tournament bracket really, really helps them out. If there's one team that they can play between them and Maryland in the second round tomorrow, give me Iowa, 100 times out of 100. And then should they pull off a shocking upset tomorrow, against Iowa, or today, if you're listening on Thursday, then they get Michigan State. I'll take Michigan State over Indiana, over Purdue, and over Northwestern. For sure. That's fine. So, Ohio State is playing very well. The bracket that they drew, it looks great for them in terms of how they match up against teams. Ohio State's playing well, and that's why you should have hope to close out this season. We'll talk more about the Iowa game here in a second. Both Chris Holtman and Sean McNeil, they both mentioned playing better than they have all year. Obviously, Holtman just said that. Sean McNeil. And the only reason I mention that is because the teams are now, they're starting to see this. Not only is Ohio State seeing this, but other teams do not want to play Ohio State. Fran McCaffrey was at the game. Broadcasts showed that. Fran McCaffrey, you got a, a very rare shot of him just sitting and looking somewhat calm. That's very, very difficult for Fran McCaffrey to do. Typically, 
that's the type of guy who is either somewhat angry or altogether furious. There's just there's no in between with Fran McCaffrey, which is great because you you always know when you play Iowa, you've got at least a 25% chance of getting two free points from a technical foul from Fran McCaffrey. We'll see if that happens tomorrow. If it does, you heard it here first. But Fran McCaffrey, I can guarantee you he was rooting for Wisconsin to win in this game. No one wants to play Ohio State right now. Maybe, I know I said it before, maybe the best team to ever play in the Big Ten tournament on a Wednesday. Some may say. I might say it too. Chris Holtman also spoke about Bryce Senzenbaugh. Senzenbaugh, a player who we're just seeing his impact change over and over again, depending on the game. He's not looking like the red-hot Bryce Senzenbaugh we got used to seeing. But on Senzenbaugh, Chris Holtman said, quote, he's impacting winning. That's what players do, end quote. How do you decipher that? I have no idea. Coach speak can be really, really hard to read in between the lines sometimes. Bryce Sensenball today. Nine points, four of ten from the field. Okay, cool. We'll take that. One of three from three. Fine. Eleven rebounds. That's huge for Ohio State. Justice Suing, a player I haven't even mentioned yet, would end up being the highest scorer out of Buckeye starters with 16 points, the highest scorer in the game, Sean McNeil was 17. Bruce Thornton right behind with 15 points. And then Bryce Sensenball with 9. So Ohio State goes on to win this game. How should we feel as Buckeye fans? I personally, I feel conflicted. If Ohio State goes out and wins this game, even by 15, after what we saw at halftime, you can feel good. But I'm just going to assume, because we're all human... And humans happen to be emotional. And and we think and we see things. And our hearts cause us to act. Which is why some people get angry watching sports. Even though it's not that big of a deal. In the grand scheme of things. What I will say is if you feel the same way as I did... It's Ohio State won that game, but man, the win was taken out of our sails. And I would have to assume that that's how Ohio State players feel as well. If they go out and they win that game by 15, 20, after what they did at halftime, you feel really, really good about going up against Iowa thinking we can beat anyone. But with the way that that game closed, not being able to close it out efficiently or really productively at all, I've got to wonder what the mental state is of this Ohio State team. Yes, they did just win. Yes, they survived in advance. Yes, Chris Holtman said after the game they landed the plane, and that's all that matters. Cool. But you really, really have no margin for error. And it's just like, oh, what could have been had you closed that game out by 15 or 20? The other thing, too, is if you close that game out effectively, if you win by 25... Bruce Thornton plays, I don't know, 25 minutes, 20 minutes in that one. Instead of the 38 that he played, Justice Suing plays 20 instead of 32. Bryce Sensima instead of 29 plays 25 maybe. 
Felix Akpara played 31 minutes, and they're going to need him against Iowa. Maybe he plays 25. You get Eugene Brown some more minutes. You get Ice Likely some more minutes. Maybe Buckeye fan favorite Tanner Holden. Maybe he gets in. You just, you really wish. It, it, that's that's my overall sentiment after this game. Is It's great to win, but man, feels like you could have done more. Those are my thoughts on the Wisconsin game. Let's talk about Iowa. Coming up tomorrow, no rest for the weary. Buckeyes will take on Iowa tomorrow. First game? Maybe second game? I don't even know. I haven't even looked it up. I believe they play at, what is it, 2.30 Eastern tomorrow? So that would probably make them the second game. Really bad on me to not look this up. And you know what the crazy thing is? This podcast isn't live. I could stop recording right now. I could press pause. I could go look it up. And then I could press play again and start recording and tell you this. But I'm not going to do that because I'm authentic. I'm real. So sue me if I don't know which game is first for the Big Ten tournament tomorrow. Against Iowa, the Hawkeyes, 19-12, and 11-9 in the Big Ten. Of course, we know Ohio State and Iowa split the season series. Back in January, January 21st to be exact, Ohio State crushed Iowa, 93-77, a game I did not expect the Buckeyes to win, but they went out and dominated pretty much from start to finish. That was in the midst of a losing streak, losing 14-15. of 15. We didn't know at the time it would be 14-15, and 15, but it would end up being 14-15. and 15. Also a part of that losing 14-15 and 15 games was a second game to Iowa in which Ohio State lost. 92-75, to 75, almost the exact same score, that one on February 16th, and that was a part of a nine-game losing streak. What did we learn from those first couple of matchups? Well, at least in the, ma- the last matchup, we saw small ball for the first time with Gene Brown, and boy, did he get roasted. Now, Ohio State has played a lot better playing small ball, obviously. That's their identity now, but in that first game, of playing small ball for real, Ohio State did not play well. They figured that out, at least for now. They also were very undisciplined defensively. They gave in a shot fakes. They fouled. They were reaching. They were grabbing. It was not a clean game defensively for Ohio State in that loss to Iowa, 92-75. to But it's been a long time. It's been almost a full calendar month since these two teams have played what's Iowa done since then well they played five games they went two and three they lost to Northwestern and Wisconsin they beat Michigan State in that wild overtime game in which both teams scored in the triple digits they beat Indiana as well before losing to Nebraska on senior day that just feels like a typo but it happened they lost to Nebraska on senior day which by the way is no way to treat Connor McCaffrey. How dare you, Iowa, send Connor McCaffrey out with a loss? That's just wrong. Now, where is Iowa in in the nation in those more computer specific metrics? They're 35th in Ken Palm right now. Where are they in adjusted offensive efficiency, you ask? Well, they're number three in the nation. Third best in adjusted offensive efficiency according to Ken Palm but defensively Ken Palm at least would say that they are worse than Wisconsin the team Ohio State just beat 
168th in the nation in adjusted defensive efficiency. They're ranked 20th in the net. They are 9-10 in quad one games this season. Nine quad one wins is tied for the third most in the entire nation. Just barely behind Kansas, who has 15. The perks of playing in the Big 12 and having a very good team as well. That's what you get when you play for Kansas. Iowa has the 17th highest scoring offense in the nation at 81 points per game. They have the third most triples made in the Big 10. So very, very good offensively. Defensively, well, they're the worst scoring defense in the Big 10. They're the worst field goal percentage team in the Big 10 defensively, giving up more shots going in percentage-wise from the field than any other team in the Big 10, and they have consistently been that way this entire season. Now, Chris Murray, Iowa's best player. He's averaging 20.5 points per game, first team all-conference. His scoring total is third in the Big 10, and he's also been top two in scoring in each of the past five games for Iowa. He had 22 against Nebraska, 26 against Indiana, and 26 against Michigan State. Peyton Sanford was named Big Ten Sixth Man of the Year, and Iowa also got three honorable mention players out of their roster this season. Iowa, would I call them a complete team? No. Would I call them a deep team? Yes. I would. I think Iowa is a team that has multiple different players that can score on any given night, whether that be Chris Murray, whether that be Tony Perkins, whether that be Peyton Sanford, Patrick, or Connor McCaffrey, or whichever other McCaffrey might be shoved onto the floor. This is a solid team that Iowa has in terms of versatility and the ability to score. Chris Murray will not leave the floor tomorrow unless it's a blowout. He plays more minutes than just about anyone, not only in the Big Ten, but also in the nation, averaging 34 minutes per game. That's quite a few. He has missed some time this year, but Chris Murray is going to be the guy that Ohio State will have to start to stop. He can score. He can slash. He can shoot. He will be a matchup nightmare for Ohio State. I was an okay rebounding team, but they are really held down by players who can shoot, by players who can score. They have five players averaging double figures in scoring. Now, you wonder, how can Ohio State beat Iowa? Well, number one, you've got to realize the type of team that Iowa is and realize that it may not necessarily be a bad thing. Number one key to the game for Ohio State is going to be this. Play to your pace. Iowa plays quickly. They average 72 possessions per game. They get up a lot of shots Way more than anyone else in the Big Ten. I mean, 100 shots more from the field than anyone else in the Big Ten. Iowa loves to play. They love to play fast. What we have seen in the first two games against Iowa is these two teams sprinting up and down the floor, playing some pretty free-flowing offense. That's a mouthful. So Ohio State is going to have to play to their own pace and not adjust to how Iowa plays. However... Why this isn't necessarily a bad matchup. And again, 
I can pick out reasons why Ohio State and Wisconsin wasn't a bad matchup for Ohio State. I I spoke about that in the last podcast, and it ended up working out for Ohio State. Some strengths that the Buckeyes had, the Badgers were weak at. And that's exactly what we saw. That's how we saw Ohio State beat Wisconsin. The exact same thing. Here, Iowa plays fast, but Ohio State is right behind them. Buckeyes get get up the second most shots in the Big Ten so far this year. They like to play fast. It's an interesting kind of dynamic with Ohio State where they can run in the fast break. They can run in transition. They can run some really good sets. And then they'll also hold the ball until two seconds on the shot clock. Justice Sewing will throw up a three, clank it, and they're sprinting back on defense. It's a weird dynamic, but Ohio State is a team that can play up to that pace that Iowa plays on. At the same time, Ohio State cannot get frustrated. They cannot get anxious. They've got to have a focus, an intense focus, on playing their type of game offensively. Now, number two, something that we've seen Ohio State do well And at the same time, something I'd like to see them do more of is let the hot hand carry them. What do we see tonight against Wisconsin? And what have we seen in multiple games this year? When you get a hot hand, it seems like the Buckeyes kind of shy away from that player or almost forget about him. Tonight, Sean McNeil got hot. Then he was completely lost out there. Anyone play NBA 2K on your console of choice? You know the microwave badge or the takeover all that stuff not that i play remotely close to enough to know anything about 2k or anything like that i do know that you have a certain amount of time where you're hot when your takeover badge hits or you've got the microwave from past games where you know you get that first coil set up and then the second and then the third and then you're on fire right well mcneil was at a point where he had two three coils lit up and if, if you don't play 2K, then this is, is way over your head, and I'm sorry. But I hope you'll get the gist of it. Sean McNeil was hot, and the Buckeyes just kind of ran their offense and didn't make it a focal point to get Sean McNeil the ball. When he got the ball tonight, he was either scoring or finding someone open. He played incredible, especially in that first half. You have got to let those hot hands carry you through this Big Ten tournament. Don't force Bryce Sensible the ball if he's not hot. Tonight, he came out there, looked a little flat, fumbled the ball, turned it over, and then he started getting into the flow and the rhythm of the game, and he played pretty well. Bruce Thornton, electric tonight. He's played very well in the past couple of weeks. If he's hot, let the young man cook. So those are the two keys to the game. Play to your pace, not to Iowa's. Don't let Iowa dictate the pace. And number two, let your hot hand carry you and let them carry you. Keep feeding them the ball if they're hot. And hopefully you can get a hot hand quickly and get out to a fast start here against Iowa. Well, I'm pleased to see Ohio State knock off Wisconsin. Now this is where things get really fun. As I've mentioned before, I work from home. I will not be doing a lot of working from home tomorrow afternoon as Ohio State takes on Iowa. This is a game, I released a poll, by the way, on Twitter. You can still vote on it if you haven't already. At the Shot Pod is where you can find that. But I released a poll on Twitter before the game. And I simply asked, what do you need to see from Ohio State to end this season, given how the regular season went, 
What do you need to see to be satisfied with the end of this season? Gave a couple options. Beat Wisconsin, beat Wisconsin and Iowa, make it to the semis, or win the Big Ten tournament. If you selected win the Big Ten tournament, why would you even put that? I don't know. I guess because I made it an option, but it's probably not going to happen. I'm sorry. Odds are really stacked against the Buckeyes right now. I mean, you're you're that spoiled and selfish of a fan that you need to see Ohio State win the freaking Big Ten tournament as a 13 seed to be satisfied? Ugh. Sorry. 32% of fans said Ohio State needs to make it to the semifinals. 31% of fans said Ohio State needs to make it to the Big Ten tournament. That would be, sorry, not make it, win the Big Ten tournament. That would be... 63% of fans who voted on this need to see Ohio State at least make it to the semifinals. Guess what? A team playing on Wednesday has never made it to the semifinals. Let's try to be a little bit more realistic and measured. For me personally, if they can beat Wisconsin and they can beat Iowa, I'll say, you know what? That's a nice way to tie a bow on the season. Vote on that poll. Drop a comment below if you would like to have your voice heard. Had a couple comments dropped on there already on a couple communities that the views from the shot pod is a part of by the way i've got a uh, a nice little community for you to join it's just called ohio state basketball if you want a an invitation to that it's a more chill community where you can have maybe more productive conversations on ohio state basketball if you want info on that let me know i can get you an invite to that a couple of friends of the pod are there as well. This will go down as the longest episode in Views of the Shot podcast history. And we hope to be back here tomorrow about this time, late Thursday night, talking about an Ohio State win. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm excited. I hope you are too. For now, I suppose I will... Shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks!